Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. to boldly watch this is a podcast about star trek the next generation where we watch an episode and then we come here to talk about it this is episode 417 night terrors (laughs) the numbers make sense give or take (laughs) season four episode 17 there we are night terrors i'm one of your hosts becca scott and i'm another host sandra genre and I'm yet another host, Jake Michaels. And if you like what we do here, well, calling G Wiz, we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to help support us in doing things like these things that we do that you're now listening to. The Patreon is patreon.com slash Society. Wow, did you have that written down? It was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, obviously I pre-write all my copy. How else would I be so smooth? Do you want to get into it? Because this episode was crazy. This is like yeah. a classic two uh, episode of when I think of Next Generation, some of these scenes are like what pop into mind. Oh, I love that. Jake, can you kick us off with the episode description? Yeah, absolutely I can. This is episode season four, episode 17. 17. Yeah, mm-hmm. where the Enterprise crew is adrift in a remote area of space and find themselves losing their grips on reality. Dun, dun, dun. I honestly, I would every day being that deep in space. Yeah. What are you tethered to? That's like being in quarantine all the time. Well, with your friends and family <laughs> and all of your coworkers on a giant ship that. But yeah, <laughs> that you just explained my quarantine yes. experience. Yeah. Friends and family, <laughs> all of my coworkers. It's funny, Becca. I did think of that too. I was like, this is like week eight of pandemic is right. where we were at, right? <laughs> where we the lockdown was the real lockdown was done, but there was still a semi uncertainty of like how much we could go out into the world. And so everybody's hair was a little messy. Mm-hmm. People were forgetting words. Yeah. Speak like, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of us looked like we had zombie makeup on, depending on the lighting. It was yeah. intense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was a little bit um, confusing on the flow of time in this one, too. Is it accelerated? Is this like over a period of like a couple of nights or? There was a time jump in the middle. And we'll get yeah. to the specifics of it. But in the middle, Picard mm-hmm. does just briefly drop 10 days have passed. Sure. And then you're oh, like, yeah. oh, OK, well, that's. Oh, I was going to look this up too on what it like there have been psychological studies of people who have stayed up past a certain limit and that's fully awake or try attempting to stay awake and found like similar results which is i Oof. guess what this is based off of hallucinations yeah. and I, I looked on the memory alpha and i couldn't see the writer making any reference to any sleep studies or sleep research which is a field i'm super interested in and is also dream research i listened to a podcast like a couple weeks ago about dream research uh-huh. and the philosophies have completely changed like Freud Freud was the reason for a lot of people who became interested in dream studies and started researching that and they were like wow what can we actually learn about our subconscious and our unwaking mind from from dreams and REM sleep and the answer turns out nothing it's did you have anxiety (gasps) today or not if you did, yeah, exactly. bad dreams, no, no exactly. anxiety, good dreams. There you They're go. just a reflection <laughs> of what is already going on in your life. So dreams are actually not that interesting or telling unless your waking self is denying something your unconscious self is very much aware of. Sure. But usually we're pretty in tune of like, oh, yeah, I had a... Uh, work. I showed up at work naked because I'm anxious about a presentation I got to give. Like, we know why we have the weird dream we had mm. most of the time, and there is not that much to be unlocked. But the question that is interesting that was brought up in the podcast that I'm referencing that I can't remember where I found it, oh, some science can't. podcast, it's, it's something on put out by NBR. Maybe we'll find it in the show notes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, is the idea of is it necessary? Is it like mm. um, we have to have dreams to expend some of our, you know, 
like buildup of anxiety. Energy. Well, yeah, that's what they're exactly exploring in the episode because they're saying if these people aren't dreaming, they're not getting the restful benefits of sleep or their mind is is as if it had been awakened for that many hours. Sure. I think the I, conclusion in the podcast was it's just a side effect of having an imagination. Sure. No, that <laughs> well, it's makes your brains, sense. It's your brain's neural pathways like firing while you're sleeping, right? So because they're still firing, there's the images and or sounds or memories are still being triggered in your subconscious. Mm. Is that kind of is that the armchair explanation of what's happening? I get there? it. Uh, that's how yeah. I understand it. Yeah. yeah. So, Becca, you're right. It's like there's not interest in the meaning of dreams, but right. I always think there's interest in like what your brain decides to randomly fire off because it is just rolling a die and being like, what does the table say? Yeah. From our experience. And it right. also is a reflection of your imagination because it's interesting to see like what does that anxiety or that specific stress manifest as in my subconscious, right. which is getting back into Freud territory, but, uh, you know. Well, I feel like it's a, your fears or your anxieties are a neural pathway that are well-worn, so mm. the electricity goes there pretty easily. It's like the main highway, you know? Wow, the path most traveled. It's Well, and especially if you're thinking about it the day of, again, this is very Jake neurology sure. here, but like, <laughs> uh, I imagine that like if, if you're thinking about something really a lot during the day, then that's going to still be cycling in your brain when you try to go to sleep. Right, right. And so it'll be recurring. And they try to, they sort of allude to that with the, she mentioned something that was lucid dreaming, but she called it something else. Like she called it yeah. something stupid. and dreaming or something. Yeah, we'll get there, yeah. but like... She's really bad at lucid dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we're referring to Deanna. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can't be good at um, everything. But first, first, can I tell a joke that sure. uh, I think someone sent on the Discord? I want to say Justin sent it to uh -huh. me and Jake. Uh, didn't send it oh. on the Discord because oh, it was inappropriate. Oh. What is Riker's favorite state? What? Indiana. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because B. Dave Walters had posted that meme oh. on, online. Uh, so I have to give all the credit where all the credit is due. Wow. Oh, anyway, wow, should we wow, talk about wow. the episode? <laughs> yeah, and on that note, let's go to the scientific episode. So, it's so uh, good. Oh, hi, Mom. <laughs> This episode starts out tense already. We yeah. already get like kind of Twilight Zone eerie music when we enter. And the Enterprise is on search for a science vessel that got lost or uh, didn't show up to us its destination. And it hadn't been heard from in like a month. It was the USS uh, Britain. Yeah. Notably not Britain, but two T's. Britain. Yeah, the Britain. And it was spelled Bratain on some of the inserts. Oops. Yeah. Well, I think that's how it's supposed to be. So uh, British. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a BRI on the model of the ship, and that's a, that's a misspelling, as a matter of Oh, that's of what I was thinking of, because I think that's mm -hmm. what I saw, but I didn't mm -hmm. look at the consoles or anything like that. Yeah, for you uh, Star Trek nerds, this is actually the same ship model that was used in a bunch of the Star Trek movies, including uh, Wrath of Khan for What's other that ship ships. model? Is it Miranda-class Oh, yeah, in Star Trek Online, you can have the Miranda-class yeah, yeah, it's solid. It's in Star Trek Online. It's hilarious because you're like you finally get to, to pilot your own starship, and you like look out against this beautiful galaxy class ship, and then it pans over to your <laughs> little Miranda Dickie, class. Yeah. Ship. <laughs> it's it's a really great reveal. <laughs> um, anyway, they find the ship. It's adrift next to a binary star system, uh, which is where two stars orbit each other, Ooh. and. They go on board and they find like this grisly murder scene on the bridge. Yeah, yeah, and not here's the thing, typical, right? Yeah, for network television or Star Trek in general. But then, like I've been, I, I'm going to talk about New Trek a little bit in the most recent season of Picard because it was kind of bad. Uh, but it was also like a little violent at times, and I was like, oh, I don't remember Star Trek ever being this violent. And then all of a sudden, there's a stabbing on the bridge, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> But, so wait, hold on. You think the new season of Picard was kind of bad? Yeah. The, the, oh, okay, the, noted. The new Star Treks have been getting really mixed reviews from both I people love, in the world and out of them. I've loved all of it, and I love all of it so far, but the latest season of Picard that has, had come out was not the greatest. It, but Discovery's firing on all cylinders. Strange New Worlds is fantastic. I almost I've swore. heard Strange New Worlds is looking good. Yeah, That's great. yeah. Well, we'll talk about them all in 2031 when we yeah. finally reach that point. <laughs> when we catch um, up. <laughs> but yeah, crazy, crazy, brutal murder scene. Did you have something to say about that, Becca? Just that Riker was like, look at this one. Axe to the head. Got another over here. I was like, whoa, 
he was like brutal murders. Yeah. He this was touring a haunted house. He's yeah. like, and over here we have another brutal murder. This one tried to pop out at me and gave a boo. <laughs> what? Is that okay? But that's the thing is it it it's, it sided on the air of like campy gore where it was sort of like haunted house situations and a little more like scientific autopsy murders. Well, murder scene is still kind of scary. But I wondered what they would have to skirt around to get on like network television and show things like this. But like well, they've done some pretty violent stuff on the show. They just do it very sporadically. Yeah. Look, um, I think we all know that censors in America care a lot less about violence than they do about human naked bodies and or love and relationships. Those yeah. things are scary and threatening to a society, whereas violence, that's part of the course. It says a lot. Yeah, because if they had beamed on board and there was just an orgy on the bridge, we would not have seen it. Cut away, cut away. Right. Cut away. Yeah, and Riker would have uh, been like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> There's one Betazoid just like uh, trapped in the closet shaking in fear. Like, Mom, come uh, get me. <laughs> but that is what they yeah, find. Yeah, that guy does that for orgies or murders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ask his friends. <laughs> There's a catatonic uh, fellow who seems to be the only survivor, it sounds right. like. Everybody else was brutally murdered in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. A 34 dead we find out later which seems like a pretty low population on a starship well, just an observation Miranda, class. Miranda they're dinky ships I kind of forgot about that because I thought the same thing too Beck and I was like oh wait the galaxy class is, has a thousand people and it's huge yeah. comparatively so yeah okay I guess that makes more sense that they have lower numbers we go back to the Enterprise and we're trying to do some investigation Crusher says that it looks like everybody died like barricaded in their rooms or like fighting in hand-to-hand combat in the hallways. Yeah. Also, just a, sh- a little bitty thing that I just wanted to make a comment about is that Paramount Plus does not have the intro skip that Netflix did have. So, just I a also request. said intro skip out loud as I flippantly fast forwarded through the intro. It's Paramount Plus, we know you listen. We know you love us. You're huge fans. Just a little request from us to you. Please intro skip. That would be great. Look, yeah. I got real upset. We had to, <laughs> not only that, but that there's an ad version, because I thought mm. I got the hookup with my sister's login. Oh. I gave it to Jake, and he was like, <laughs> wow, we should really have one for our company, <laughs> since that's only, he did say, it's only two patrons. <laughs> so you heard it it's here first, you're helping worth. us directly. <laughs> yes. And I was like, ugh. Fine, I'll buy the subscription, but only because my sister has the kind with ads. Sorry, Lisa, no shade. I would Love watch you. the ads if it was from 1991. Oh, yeah. If that was something I would enjoy yes, watching. That, that would be... Uh, which is what they should do. Oh, uh, damn, I'm upset. A new streaming service. It's not one of those bad streaming services where they put the ads in the wrong place, though, is it? I don't know. Uh, no, they're okay. Okay, if you ever watch IMDb TV, they just choose Whatever. every 20-ish oh, minutes to yikes. do it, and it ruins so many moments in television and in movies. It's and awful. if you're watching now on YouTube, you're lucky that I didn't monetize this. But, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And bro, I, I have the opportunity to choose ad rolls, and I choose to let them be random. <laughs> So meanwhile, on the show, Troy is trying to communicate telepathically with the survivor because it seems like he's a Betazoid as well, is right. what she says, right? And uh, she, like, has disconnected words from him, but she can't make out any meaning. It looks like, sounds like gibberish to her, right? She mm-hmm. actually gets really frustrated and sends a telepathic message that is like, I'm right here. If you want to <laughs> say anything that makes sense, I'll still be right here. Right. But <laughs> she's mentally ringing the doorbell repeatedly. We have seen, though, we, like the most interactions that we've seen with Betazoids are between her and her mom, right? And they sort of talk to each other that way. So I would think that telepathically, it's hard to shield your thoughts or make things more like acceptable to say when you just have the feeling and you're just sharing mm. thoughts That's and feelings. That's a really good point. Yeah. But you're still formulating language. That's true. Or at least how we understand it. Or maybe you can send pictures if you don't speak the same language. The other, like the meta thought that I had was how great is it to be this extra who gets to show up on set, be on Star Trek and doesn't say a thing, but has close features and intense acting. Like you, He's probably a guest star. He's probably not an extra. That's what I mean. Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> a little actor talk. Mm. It's called an under five and oh, sure. it's um, not 
a series regular or a guest star. It's a co-star. As if long it's as an you under don't say five. Anything. Co-star, yes. And I don't right. know if the th- rules were the same in the '90s, mm, but they can pay you a lot less if you have under five lines yeah. and are a co-star, not a guest star. So I wonder what his billing was. Did he have lines at the end or? No, he didn't, he didn't ever speak out well, loud that I recalled, except for the voices in the. Oh, dreams. he did have like ADR. I wonder if right. that counts. Not to jump to the end, but there's a lot unfinished for this character. <laughs> like, I guess he's just gonna get dropped off at the nearest starbase where they head. Yeah. But like, we don't check in to be like, <laughs> he's, "Hey, he's you can fine. sleep now. Are you, are you gonna be okay?" <laughs> Walk in off. defense of the writers. Apparently, this episode went nine minutes over, and they had to cut all of that. So that's a lot to cut. So they probably had to lose his his story as well oh yeah oh yeah well um, that's how he got demoted to an under five but yeah. but i wonder does it count as an under five if he does the adr he has to come in for a separate day does that factor into like the pay scale if he's still and, saying the lines uh do you get does it count as one when you say double the twin. <laughs> you guys, we are not this guy's manager. Okay, we don't need to, Listen, we we need need to look at his contract. And we need. To, <laughs> I'll put a link to his agreement Did in the show notes. Did you see what happened to Tasha Yar? Do you want a tar monster to come after you? <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants a tar monster. A, oh a Yar monster. Hey, too soon. <laughs> it's never too soon. I'm glad it happened, and I won't back down. Okay. The the mysteries start piling up, though, because as they prepare to tow the Bretagne back, they realize that the... Actually, they don't prepare to tow it. They realize the engines on the Bretagne don't work. Even though everything else on this ship seems to, the propulsion systems aren't really responding. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Crusher has found the logs of the captain, who explains that she thinks her first crewmate is like behind the sabotage or whatever Best acting she had to of the episode kill him yeah right it was pretty she disturbing. was insane okay so this insert of crusher who's like look what i found captain and this <laughs> other this i think she was the first officer right. or she was wary of her first oh, yeah, yeah. she's first officer she was like ripping at her hair and being very intense about like i had to eliminate the threat it was so good <laughs> and all she got was she an under five or a yes. guest star? That's a one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> guys, don't feel bad when people get just one because a lot of people get zero. That's it's true. also worse when you see an extra nod instead of saying anything because they get zero lines and that's just an extra point. That's true. Yeah. So we'll give them what they can. She did a good job. I will say it's very hard to she convey crazy when you only have this frame, right? Like it's literally the frame that you see on this video. It's mm-hmm. very tiny. So she had like put her hand up by her hair and like kind of not pull it out and stuff. It was intense. The way the tick of pulling right. at the back of her head was very specific and I think so well done. Yeah. Favorite favorite actor of the episode, oh, hands wow. down. The award done. has been given. There are a lot done. of great acting moments in this one, I thought, because a lot of people... I agree, have... yeah. People, this was... Go I away! <laughs> yeah. Other favorite yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Credit Beverly Crusher. <laughs> this this video kind of stressed, or this like episode kind of stressed me out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like, I was just kind of like tense for everybody, and they were all very tense. Yeah, yeah. Time. Troy has a dream where she's floating in green space clouds. And don't go towards the light, Troy. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the green screen work was something else. <laughs> It, it was, was terrible. Yeah. We could yeah. see her whole body from a top-down angle, but it looked like she was just like squatting. Right. Like they didn't yeah. have wire. I think they like tried no to wires? do a wire thing, but it didn't quite pan out. Go to the memory alpha on this. Yeah, I'm going to skip to some of the um, memory alpha notes about the oh, production yeah. of this, uh, even though it's a little ahead. The, the, a lot of the production crew did not like this episode. Teleplay writer Jerry Taylor noted, this was a real tough episode. It was convoluted. It was a little mysterious, technical, quasi-supernatural. Mm-hmm. I rewrote and rewrote it. I never thought we were going to put it into bed. It was strange. Troy's deem sequences are not something you would get to see every week. Yeah. Additionally, the scenes with Troy flying were shot through a whole day, and she had to grapple with intense fear of heights in order to film them. She says, the terror on my, f- uh, Sirtis recalled, the terror on my face was actually real. I was absolutely terrified. Not worth oh, it. Wow. Not worth it at all. Oh, yeah. no. Well, <laughs> no, maybe in the a little final aversion product. therapy is good for her. Just saying fear <laughs> of heights is irrational. <laughs> As someone with a phobia of shrimp, I feel like I have the right to speak on it. <laughs> there what? you go. Wait a minute. Never mind. If anyone put put it around me and said aversion therapy, I would murder them. So then again, uh, I take it back. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, they that was the that was the shaky part of that. Unfortunately, she just looks like she's being suspended and just slowly learning, lurching forward towards the stars. Honestly, I had the thought of like, I could do this with my setup now. I could, <laughs> <laughs> right? Xander, that's great Patreon content. No. I love that oh idea. Oh my god! Thank oh you for suggesting god. it. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> Notably in the dream, she hears voices and the voice repeats a couple of phrases where she's just constantly yelling, where are you? Yeah. Uh, it says, eyes in the dark and one moon circles. Right? This I thought was kind of cool. This little riddle was, was kind of fun. I couldn't hear what they were saying yeah. in the first few takes, but I think that's oh, on purpose. Oh, I have purpose. subtitles all the time. Oh. oh, that's smart. All the time. I, I'm with you, Becca. I also wasn't sure until she said it out loud later on in the scene. I was like, oh, it's one moon circles. Okay. I needed that. I agree. It was a fun riddle. It felt like a Dungeons and Dragons yeah. kind of solution that's as well. I like, of like <laughs> The players figured something out. Yeah. I'll go with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the players figured something out. I'll go with it. It's true, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one moon circles thing. Oh, wait, hydrogen? Yeah, okay, hydrogen. Wait, okay, so we should just jump to explaining what we mean by that. Since sure. I'm not giving anyone the actual homework of watching this episode. So later, they're like, hold on, there's meaning in this. Data, uh, tell me everything. And he's like, let me give you an entire ship's log of everything on the ship that you can send over in your dream. And she's like, no, I can maybe lucid dream a single word right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and he and then as he's scrolling through the ship's inventory which conveniently has a picture of everything Every there's element. well they're elements hydrogen, right hydrogen yeah. hydrogen looks like uh one moon circling a bigger moon two moons circling a, a, a body one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but he, as he's scrolling really fast she's like pause <laughs> yeah zoom that is enhance. what yeah, yeah zoom exactly. enhance so it makes a lot of sense that it comes uh, together in the end for yeah. sure. But it definitely felt like a oh, so we just shoot hydrogen and then we'll f- well we'll get to the yeah, details because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. actually more to that, which is also crazy. Um, they they try to take a tractor beam and tow it, and then they realize the Enterprise isn't moving either. Oh, you mean we opened up a ship and there was some sort of horrible brain infection, and then the people on our ship also got it, as happens every time we do something like this? But the transporter surely would filter out any biomaterials that would be harmful. <laughs> no, unfortunately, we are afflicted by the same thing. And this is where we start to see the first of the hallucinations, which I think one of my favorite actors of this episode was Ensign Peoples, who was the little engineering uh, Ensign. John Mulaney with... Jr.? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He was with <laughs> LaForge on the other yeah, ship and was talking. freaking out about noises, yeah. right? Oh, man. I really didn't want Jordy to get murdered in that scene, and I thought it was a definite <laughs> possibility. This Ensign is like, you're telling me you didn't hear that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch your tone, people. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jordy could demote you to uh, cannon fodder at any moment. Plus, it, it, the old saying was that it was the red shirts because that was security. They would always, you could spot a red shirt, they would get eliminated. This one, security is gold shirt, so it fit. Yeah. Yeah. Engineering boy. Well, it's happening all over the ship now. Keiko and O'Brien have a fight. <gasps> Oh, no. I'm glad Trouble they got parents. some screen time. Um, <laughs> this poor actress that had to memorize those long fake, those lines. fake lines, the names of the plants. <laughs> she had a tough day at the body yeah. lab, and she had so much techno babble to explain it. <laughs> hey, but it gets her over five, you know? It's true. Right. It's true. She's a regular guest, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> and uh, O'Brien's jealous of, was it Tom Corbin? Mm-hmm. Who just feels like a literary character. Yeah. Like Hold this on. Be- First and last name in this fight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any excuse to go and hang out with him. <laughs> that Tom Corbin. <laughs> you love him, don't you? Yeah. Well, you got to go let off steam and tend forward. Oh, no, there's weird stuff happening here, too. What is or weird? rather, is... a guy telling you that he also heard of weird stuff. Yeah, and then how rational O'Brien seems now and can't reflect back at what just happened and can't right, put those pieces right. together. The... That it goes for any marital relationship. <laughs> I like that cognitive dissonance, though. It's like you're you're mad about something you should you feel you should be rationally mad about, and then you find an irrational thing that, oh... That's not the same thing I was experiencing. That's true. That's just ghost stories. Shades and spirits. I have time. Yeah, that's when I it felt very Irish. Your shades. <laughs> your shades and your spirits. Keep your shades away from me. Uh, yeah, like, 
that was the that man he was talking to was Chief Gillespie, who's the dude who will start getting riled up Gillespie. in ten four the whole episode. Yeah, he said, "Just go take a sit out." <laughs> yeah, one of those sit outs. Yeah, take a t- or a time out. <laughs> This scene actually got me a little bit where Picard's just in his ready room and the door keeps chiming, but no one's coming in. Eerie. I was at first just kind of annoyed with it, but then he hears a knock on like a wooden surface, which is just like (laughs) from nowhere. And then someone actually is at the door. Oh, yeah. Where'd they find that wood to knock? (laughs) So here is. Well, I thought that was Beverly knocking on the actual door, but I don't know. No, I think that was in his head. Oh, so here's the other personal connection for me, and this is a little bit like really personal. Bonnie Gordon, my roommate and colleague in several projects, used to have that tone as her text tone. <laughs> and it would go off all the yeah, time. Yeah. Oh no. So when the scene so happened, this I is was triggering. Like, <laughs> it is it's no longer that. <laughs> it's already infuriating to hear it repeatedly. Right. Which made me think. <laughs> In the Trek world, the computer never malfunctions. Because I'd be like, yeah, of course, sometimes the computer will just spam the chime sound at you, and that's totally normal. But not here in the year 2400 or whatever. Yeah, if it malfunctions, there's generally a, an explanation for it out in space or, or something. Or you Jordy. Be yeah. like, hey, my buzzer's broken. Kick this. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah right. it, it has malfunctioned a few times, but it's always due to some alien Presence. issue, right? And yeah. that could be this uh, case for this now, too-ish. We've got Tykin's uh, Rift to deal with. Who knows? It's wreaking havoc on our systems. But the people who are at the door are Troy and Crusher, and they explain to Picard, hey, guess what? This is happening all over the ship. People are experiencing hallucinations. Notably, he doesn't tell them he just experienced one, because uh, he later will only confide in Data about that. But mm-hmm. um, I thought this scene was a good example of a good writing moment, because they just call out exactly what's happening that we already know instead of being coy, and they catch us up with the characters instead of uh, them continuing to be like, what's happening? Hey, we figured it out. Whatever happened in that ship, it's happening to us. So we got to deal with it or we will all murder each other. Right. So yeah, exactly that too. And also I made a note that it was nice to see both Troy and Crusher as scientists working together because we've seen them as friends. We've seen them like in other situations, but this is two, they're the science department and they're the heads giving this information yes. to the captain. Yes. That's a great point. It made me happy, and I couldn't put my finger on why, and that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they explained to him. They also provide the exposition of just like, hey, this isn't just an isolated incident. We think it, it's coming over from what happened on the Britain. So we try to get out of there, and this is when we discover the propulsion systems aren't working. Then, I think right after this, Xander, is when 10 days have passed. I think okay, it's at the top of that Okay, because I was like, the act. onset was super right. fast. So you know that they've kind of just been adrift there. They've been a little bit stressed out. But we haven't noticed anything about sleep yet. That actually comes in a little bit later. Although, I think it gets mentioned because Troy had a dream, right? We we as the audience see the dream, right. too. Yeah. Here's my question. There's a little bit of the cabin fever that we referred to at the beginning of our episode that... I just really, if you're on like a sea liner mm-hmm. and your sea liner stops moving versus your sea liners going across the ocean, does it really feel that different being on the ship? Right. It doesn't. I, I imagine it's the same, but I think that's what the whole point is, is like, this isn't normal. This isn't just because they're adrift. It's because they're adrift and there's some Something tension that's happening. bombarding them, right? Because normally they'd be able to handle that. Like, just being adrift in space isn't that big of a deal. Yeah, but they're, they're constantly the, adrift in space. Yeah. <laughs> just at different velocities. Right, right. <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, no, I like, but that's a good note because we have to figure out what's causing this. And what we do figure out is the adrift problem, which is it sounds like there's a Tykin's Rift, I believe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Named after the Methusian um, who found it and he escaped it initially by creating a huge explosion with his cargo, his cargo that they don't have. But we're mm-hmm. in Star Trek world, so they can replicate anything. But Data cleverly uh, pins that by saying we don't have enough power to replicate complex elements. This was a good explanation mm-hmm. for that, because a lot of the times it's like, oh, why didn't they beam them out or transport or replicate or da, da, da. It's it is, like, that all takes power. It is a tough part of writing for Star Trek is these these spacefarers can do a whole lot with technology. They can answer so many problems very easily mm-hmm. that you have to find ways to work around them. It's right. kind of like 
magic source in magic yes. fantasy. So, for example, I'm obsessed with Dresden Files. You're kind of fueled by <gasps> yeah. your soul energy, or um, you know, you you need sleep. You need you are the power. Harry Potter nonsense. There is no fuel. It's just infinite. Mistborn metals right, fuel right. your power. So, what fuels the replicator? Is it the elements that they have in store that they have to use. So they can't necessarily replicate those base elements if those are the things that they use as like the plastic for their 3D printer. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what'll lead us eventually to that that chase of all those elements that data pulls up for Troy. And that's why hydrogen comes up. Exactly, yep. And then, uh, well, also uh, going off of that, like this was a phenomenon that is captured. Do we know this? It's captured another ship like on the other side of this phenomenon? It's a guess. Yeah, it's a, guess. it's a crazy guess and a long shot and turns out, I guess, to be true. But it doesn't happen until the very end. Oh, OK. Um, so we don't even really surmise that. We, we don't even know how this affects our whole but hallucinations. But somehow they know that they have to communicate through it because that's why they're searching for the element. The communication part is Troy so trying to communicate with the dreams. That's right. Like, that's right. He know, she knows that he knows something. Right. So the next scene that I really liked was Riker and Picard in the turbo lift. And they were both like... I'm losing it. You losing it too. Yeah. Okay, one of us has to yeah. keep it together. Yeah. We're all we're both like want to murder people, but yeah. one of us has to stay sane. And then it's like, okay, well, uh, I'll take you take a nap and I'll be on duty. And Riker is like holding in this. I want to kill you, but I'm gonna take the order face, right? which I thought was great given what they just discussed. Not just <laughs> that, but there was an element of like, does he trust, does mistrust Picard? Like, is he saying like, why are you telling me to not be on duty? You know, there's some great acting moments that have multiple meanings with just a look. Uh, there's also just a meaning within their stature. If you look at that scene and right before oh, Riker yeah. exit, yeah, oh, you noticed it. Yeah, yeah. Picard, Picard is kind is... of hunched. Yep. And notably, Patrick Stewart always has really good posture when he's playing Picard. Yes, because he did some great choices this episode. He, he's an officer. He would do that, right? Mm -hmm. And he was oh. very stressed out and kind of curled over, especially compared to the very tall Frakes. Yeah. I thought he looked so old yes. and I couldn't put my finger on yeah, why. Yeah. And that's exactly it. That's he him and Scrooge, man. Like, yeah. that's he took a different character all of a sudden and it really showed. And I thought Frakes did a good job, too, because that's the, that's right before where he goes into his quarters and he just starts looking around paranoid because he hears voices in his quarters, right? right? He's like, yeah. oh, I have time for a four-hour nap. Gotta get into my silk pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Those pajamas yeah. had ruffles, right? I love them and I Adorable. need them. <laughs> also, when are they gonna upgrade to double beds on this ship? Nope. Everybody still single sleeps beds. in a twin? <laughs> you need a single bed and you need a sparkly over, like uh, duvet and pillowcase. <laughs> so when he has ladies over, I guess that's his excuse for them not to stay later, right? <laughs> That's a way to think about it, Jake. I, I mean, guess. I don't know what why he would have a twin bed. It's him of all people. He should have a king bed, right? right? Yeah, he is the king of his own mind. Maybe or Excelsior class bed, I guess. Yeah. Jonathan Frakes <laughs> in the Memory Alpha notes called this one a snoozer, and I think it's because everybody's performance has to be sedated because they sure. don't have the faculties, which is not necessarily a dynamic thing to watch an actor portray, or rather, an energetic thing. But I did enjoy these performances, I, yeah, so too. I just thought it was interesting that he had called it a snoozer. My suspicion on why they think it's a snoozer is because there's really not a whole lot of like going out and adventuring or like any real special effects or anything that was really big for them to do so much as just to have these enclosed scenes and act mm. tense, right? Which, I mean, as an acting exercise, I think is good, but I think he yeah. was looking for some swashbuckling or something sure. that we hadn't had yet. Yeah, Apparently this was sense. filmed right after their Christmas break. So it was like the first one back. So uh, I, th I think, I think that was shared amongst a lot of the production crew, but I've very much enjoyed the tension of this episode. I thought it was a good twilight zone kind of. Yeah. Feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Me too. So let's see a lot of, a lot of tension starts happening. People start having hallucinations pretty soon. That's the morgue scenes pretty close after the that. Best right? scene, the best scene. Dude. Let's talk about it. I love horror. And this was a horror movie yes. scene. I screamed. This is what <laughs> sticks in my mind is like a classic scary Trek moment. This is what comes to This is to what's mind. on the poster. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to set it up? For this episode. Yeah. Dander. Dr. Beverly Crusher in the morgue alone. Or is she a chill air? You can see it on her breath. And she's scanning all of these bodies, these former crewmates of this ship. What could be happening? And then all of a sudden, in the background, you see one sitting up. Then they're ah! all sitting up. And she's by herself. That's, that's 
the jump. That's the jump. The one sitting up we called, the all sitting up, didn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the one sitting up was a very clever reveal. So you mm-hmm. hear you hear very faintly in the sound, you hear a rustling of plastic. And notably, all oh, these bodies yeah. are covered in a sheer plastic. So that's even scary of itself because yep. you see their faces very faintly. And then they go to a close-up of, of Crusher, like, kind of looking around. And then she pulls back. And <laughs> in the same shot, the thing is already standing up behind her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so good. good. She wills it away by closing her eyes, and when she opens it again, they're lying back down. No, 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 no. She closes her eyes, and she says, go away. away. <laughs> and it works. Okay. It worked. Because she's Dr. Beverly Crusher, <laughs> MD. Right. I crushed MD. it. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where I think, at this point, Picard like pulls Data into his uh, red room and says, look, you're the only one not affected, and I'm not immune to this like I thought I would be because I'm awesome. So right, well, I'm, I'm gonna glad rely that they on gave you. them this moment because yes. it really made Picard seem like capable, even in this delusional state, and uh, like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Data picked up on the unspoken text here, which was, "I need you to be a re- ready to assume acting captain status." Except Picard didn't say that, so it reminded me of that scene in the movie Grease, where he's like. I want you to be my second. You mean like what? Like your second? <laughs> yeah, 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 my second. The quick hug. <laughs> Is that the first Grease reference we've made to Star Trek? Yeah. Ah, okay, good, good. Good. We the finally wall. got there. <laughs> there it so is. many parallels. <laughs> well, we've all been working for. <laughs> that box is now checked. Well done, team. Oh, we also skipped the fact that Riker found all those snakes in his bed. That was oh, a, yeah, it had a to be snakes. Random well, change. I was more interested in the bed size and the fit, <laughs> roughly. Pajamas. There's no snakes that could fit in here. Those. Do you think those were Frake's feet for free, or was oh my that god, an the extra? feet thing is more Uh-oh. so recent that they gotta be Frake's feet. I'm gonna do you look think on he did that feet right now with the snakes. They had to have been like snakes are pretty safe most of the time. That was the. You need to find handler. the call sheet for the shooting day and see yeah. if foot double was on the call sheet. <laughs> like I'm double. looking up Jonathan Frakes on WikiFeet. <laughs> that's that's why that bookmark comes in handy, Becca. <laughs> no, they're, they're, oh, <laughs> Wikifeet Men is a whole different website. I will not be putting a link in the show notes. <laughs> you know you will. What's Our new sponsor. It? <laughs> it's pretty obvious now to the science team, and they present this to. Picard. Oh my god, it's in here. <laughs> that shot. Hold on, hold on. This is important. With the snakes. Let me just. Well, on Snake Wiki, it's in there too. Actually, I can see it. <laughs> okay, link in chat. No, no. <laughs> Wait, I'm going. Becca. <laughs> oh shoot! It is, and that shot is in there. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Wow, that's great. I want all my. Oh wow, the robe. Okay. Anyway. Meanwhile, back on the Enterprise. Hold on, this is important. <laughs> You're putting something in our vid- visual, aren't you? I can tell there's enough of a pause. You're doing some visual work. Stop it. Oh, God. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't replace your face with his feet. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Oh, my gosh. Well, things start escalating. Um, Data tries to help LaForge, who could barely get his sentences together. Oh, and actually... Uh, Beverly Crusher had another great scene where she's trying to form sentences and explain to uh, Picard what's happening. And she reaches in her pocket, but she reaches in the wrong pocket first, which I thought was such a a, a very specific and small choice that was very clever because they never do that. They're always flawless in their movements because they're trying to be efficient with the scene. But I love that she's just like, "Uh, blah, 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 and she can't get it out. (laughs) Yeah, both of them I thought got to really flex uh, Picard and Crusher, or rather Patrick Stewart and uh, Gates McFadden because they got to act through this like yeah. delusional state and there's always like this the saying of like if you're acting as a drunk person you want to act like you're trying to be sober and I feel like this was the right amount of subtle where it's little motions like that to key into it that they just really excelled so the crew tries to like maybe sorry I'm not ready to move on for the, the feet yet <laughs> oh um, I can tell you from my research these are actually not Jonathan Frakes' feet. Okay. Because if we go to the recent episode that we saw uh, where aliens were expect- inspecting his body, Stop. yes, his second toe does not have a 
uh, very noticeable knuckle. And in the snake scene, the second toe has a prominent knuckle. Could it have been the lighting? Maybe. This is all theory crafting, right? You yeah. have no idea. I am showing the audience and they are with me. Look at that toe knuckle. If you go back to your wiki feed. Uh-huh. This isn't to boldly look, okay? Well, it's to it boldly could be. watch. <laughs> Wait, what's the difference? That's much more specific on certain uh, uni- uh, certain crew members' body parts. Okay. We got whole episodes about wanna... Picard's pajamas. We got yeah. about uh, Troy's bust line. And we got about Riker's feet. Okay. There it is. I just want to prove my forensic skills in case I ever get a real real work as a detective. Okay. I'm for hire so as a detective. If you're no. being interviewed for a police detective, you're going to show them various pictures of Jonathan Frake's feet and show them the knuckle differences. That's your proposal. They'll be impressed. They'll be concerned. I I think that's the the adjective. Now, Becca, with this new information, can you distill it down into like a sentence or two that you could dream about and then subconsciously send to another ship on the other side of this rift? Snakes. Oh. (laughs) Knuckle. Snakes. Toe knuckle. Well, wait a second. Snakes don't have toes or knuckles. They must mean we have to blow up the hydrogen. Frakes, frakes, real foot, question mark? I think the question mark, you yeah, can say intonation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Meanwhile, the crew tries to make an explosion like the original captain had done with their deflector dish. It fails. Fizzles out. Worf is so upset by this, he goes back to his quarters and, like, almost stabs himself. This is very heavy. Yeah. It could have got, it could have been the end of Worf. Like, no one on the ship that we know of died, but you know some, like, distant family member that just got passage on the ship. Like, it's impossible that of the 34 people on the other ship, they all killed each other. And on this ship, no one died. Come on. Somebody died. Right, right. Well, tons of people locked themselves in their quarters. So who knows what happened? It's insane. But thankfully, Troy comes in in the nick of time and talks him down and convinces him in this illusion. And I love this scene, actually, because you never see you. You see Worf in trouble. You see Worf uncertain, but you never see him terrified. Right. And this is the first time we've seen that. And it's a very powerful thing to see him go through that. Not only that, it was a sort of a good example of a de-escalation in that sort of a situation and handling it like a counselor and, yes, calling for security. But then I don't know about her decision to send them away so quickly, but we could all yeah. go together. Well, huh? we almost got them up to five lines, Xander, so that's we have to true. be careful. That's <laughs> true. Oh, that's <sad> again. <laughs> then we head into the final act where Data is now in charge of the Enterprise, which is real good because we figured out that, okay, everybody's going to lose their minds unless we don't, like, force everybody to like try and get sleep but we can't because we're not getting REM sleep as we've learned from Crusher and really Data but I think um, it hasn't entered into like the zeitgeist as we call it at REM sleep so everyone keeps saying REM sleep <laughs> yeah I think it always it, yeah. they're <laughs> like, referencing like the, band. the band yeah yeah it hadn't entered the zeitgeist yet you're right right and some of it feels very like 1991 which this was airing in when Picard was like going through the list of probable things that could happen was it drugs is that what drew them insane? It's like, okay, Reefer Madness, calm down. Yeah. Was it crack well, cocaine? You know, I think it's almost the end of the world as we know it. Oh, oh nice. You didn't have to look that up, did you? You knew that off look, the hand. I did know it off the top of my head, but then I wanted to check so okay. I didn't sound okay. stupid. It's always good to and check. I was correct. Yeah. But a really good call. I'll edit out me questioning you. Not necessary. Troy... <laughs> Troy finally gets like some type of breakthrough right i'm not sure how she surmises it but she like she's talking to crusher and crusher is the one that notices that she's the only one that's dreaming right Right. and and she says that to troy so troy's like oh maybe there's something with the dream and she talks to the other betazoid who's still giving those same clues but how does she figure out oh someone else is in here trying to communicate through him i think that does she just she's i forget who says it but betazoid REM sleep is at a different, different. frequency because our REM sleep is at a frequency. And so it's at 41,000 hertz. Whereas right. we're, yeah, we're not 48,000. 48, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's only half betazoid. Sorry, so. Becca. I didn't Does mean to it equal out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. If you're half betazoid, is your frequency like mm. 46? Yeah. <laughs> they always have to keep adjusting. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't remember how she gets that insight as to their. The, I think it's a guess of there may be another entity, or is it something that data posits of like these formations sometimes? It's have, her idea. I think yeah. you're right. I think she kind of guesses because she's like, oh, they're trying to communicate a phrase to me, so maybe maybe someone else is also caught in the rift. And then right. Data's like, that's possible. Right, right. Um, so what do we do? We have to communicate with them. And she insists, and that, yeah. Yeah, so that's when she's saying, like, we have to try to make an explosion. And they're like, oh, what if they're already trying to do that? And that's what they're trying to communicate. Time for a good old-fashioned data scrolls through data. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, this is where it got little Dungeons & Dragons solution yeah. to me of just like, okay, so they're looking for a reason to just make an explosion that they surmise that there's also an alien ship here. As a dungeon master, I agree that's a good idea. That'll yeah. end the session tonight real nicely. But <laughs> on, the, on the one hand, it's a solution that we're following, right? Because uh, optionally, everybody's working on different things. This is just we're following Troy's path. That's a fair and then point. Yeah. They do do a good job of explaining... Do you? Uh, <laughs> just outright like uh, well if this is uh, what we were if we were in their situation how would we want to convey this message and so it does make you think okay well if we wanted to s have someone else send out an element how could you say that in a dream you know maybe it's coming out imperfectly because they didn't do lucid dreaming correctly or maybe like that's all that they could fit within the message and or back to telepathically, if you don't speak the same language, you have to send yes, images. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're trying to cross species talk. And at the worst, they're just sending out a bunch of hydrogen. Yes, it's going to take like, the, <laughs> the rest of their power. But, you know, if it doesn't yeah, cause an explosion. <laughs> if this theory isn't correct and the next ship that finds them looks at the logs like, so they just shot out a bunch of hydrogen and then they died. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's what we found in the other ship. That's they true. stabbed themselves. <laughs> but what other crazy things did they go through? Right, right. Well, so. To get back to that, they need to like put Troy to sleep in terms of, like f like putting a thing on her head and making her go into REM sleep. Is that right? Because she's the only one that can. But uh, I could use one of those. Crusher can induce REM sleep with that. Oh, that's what it little, is. Little uh, uh, head monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sticker. It was. It was a sticker. Yeah, but it, so, <laughs> it, it was a blinking light though, so you know it was working. <laughs> <laughs> so we get one of those kind of tense countdown end scenes where it's just like we're only going to have the power to exude all this uh, hydrogen and also keep life support on at limited times in limited places on the ship before we're out of options. Yes. So, so fire off the red hydrogen. <laughs> leading to the most infuriating flashback and forth scene ever where we go back to Troy's weird green screen dream floating thing where she says the exact same shit yeah. and, and the whole time she had devised with data the only message she needs now. to send is now the one meaning word. we will shoot our hydrogen out you shoot out whatever thing on the other end is going to blow up if, with a bunch of hydrogen and the whole time she's floating she's like where are you <laughs> I need to where tell you something <laughs> um, uh, two minutes, uh, 90 seconds, 60 yeah, yeah, seconds, yeah. 20 where seconds, out of time. I don't know where you are. Oh, fire. <laughs> Does she say the word now? No, no, I don't think she ever does. No? Yeah. I think she's like, we it's found your two moons circling. Yeah. It's, go ahead. It's one moon. Are one you moon serious? She right? never said now. I don't I think don't so. Know. I was yelling at my TV a lot. Now. Uh, like, just say now. Where just are say you? Now. Where are you? <laughs> well, it works somehow because there is an explosion. Oh, well, we also skipped over what happens during this, which is that a bar fight erupts. Gillespie. A mutiny erupts in 10 forward. Yes. Stop. It was bound to happen. Yeah. Two security guards come in to put it to rest, but are immediately punched out. <laughs> yep. They're scrawny security they guys. They kind of Aside from more, all of security on the ship is always a letdown. They're the stunt guys who are really good at taking punches, too, because yeah. that one guy came in and immediately someone Ooh. just, like, hits him with two <laughs> fists in the stomach. He's like, Ooh! That's the Kirk maneuver. Yeah, it was He's Kirk a junior key. level security, and first thing you learn is how to take a punch. Second lesson is how to punch back, but he didn't get to that lesson yet. <laughs> yeah. You bring up the Kirk maneuver, uh, yeah. Xander, because you've also said on this podcast that Star Trek always has pretty bad fight choreography, yep. or historically has. Historically. I kind of want, in the future series, when they finally do get it right and they hire like the right people to do it, I want them to still incorporate the double fist hitting down on I'm someone's on the back lookout. thing. Yeah. It, it might happen. We'll Just see. Just as like a classic bring back to it. I yeah, think. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Strange New Worlds, I bet, would do something like yeah, that. Yeah, that feels like a pike maneuver. Yeah, yeah. So 
the explosion happens, the the Enterprise escapes, and we don't get much of a resolution. Picard pretty much stands up. Oh, like, but wait, Guinan shoots the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and Guinan shoots oh, the yeah. ceiling. Hold on, hold on. Okay. We, wait, with a really cool gun. Yeah. Most people use phasers in this world. Guinan has some, Something. like, props she picked up from other stops. From Babylon uh, 5? Yeah. <laughs> Different franchise or something? Yeah. <laughs> Looks sweet. Yeah. And she knows how to use it. She stops We don't want to see it go to phase two. No, because that was the first setting. Well, she shoots mm. her own lighting and then... Yeah, some sparks come down. <laughs> If that's all that died in all this turmoil, that's a, a fine casualty. Well, that was just setting one. Wait till you see what happens on setting two. That's true. Right? But we didn't go into whether Elorians were affected by this at all or whether Guinan was hallucinating. You see, I <laughs> bet that was another. Oh, yeah. I bet that was another deleted scene to justify because she's she's super in a lot of ways that we don't understand. Yeah. So I bet that was there was like a whole. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> sleep is overrated. Cause she's the she's definitely the voice of reason there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to sleep once every thousand years. Right. <laughs> Once the explosion happens, the life support is restored and the Enterprise can escape. Picard says, take us to, uh, and Data's like, okay, I'm going to take you home. And yeah, we're going to go yeah, to our yeah. base. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to rest. Final go, order. Go Everybody to bed. go sleep. <laughs> yeah. This is Data time. <laughs> Did a great job as my second. Just Aww. want you to know. <laughs> Eyes Aww. in the dark, one moon circles. Eyes in the dark. That's the other phrase. That Which was I, was hint. that the binary star? Yes, right. because that was telling them the location. Eyes mm. in the Dark was the binary star. Okay. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a good little riddle. It, it came together yeah. once they finally were able to understand the words from an audience perspective. Listen, Maybe it was a Schrodinger box on the other side, and whatever they decided was the solution would, in fact, become the solution. There it is. Much like your DM's, the DM's uh, box convenient answer. It there it is. Yeah. We're getting all the psychology in here yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> As we always do, on to Boldly Watch. There it is. Well said. <laughs> it's about so much more than just Star Trek. <laughs> wow, welcome to the ad read. <laughs> Sponsored by Feet Wiki or Wiki Feet. <laughs> That's right. The men's Wiki Feet specifically. <laughs> just Riker's page. Did you have to go to a men's only one? Not men's only, yeah. but like men's. <laughs> well, now they need a non-binary wiki feed. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Night Terrors and Riker's Feet. Next week, <gasps> it's Identity Crisis. Oh, and also I, Riker's Feet, maybe? Oh, I remember this one being a little bit scary, too. Uh, mm. Something is luring a former away team back to the planet they once investigated five years ago. Uh, an away team. That included Jordy LaForge. Ooh, interesting. What? This sounds like a D&D adventure, too. I'm yeah. excited to go check it out. Yeah, let's go to there. Engage! Engage.